Welcome to the four-part teaching series, Kitchen Table Kingdom, featuring Harmony Klingenmeyer. In this series, you'll learn about God's original design for family and identity. Also, don't miss the special bonus episode. And now, here's your host, Jen Lowen. Well, hello. Happy Friday, Elijah family. Welcome to part four of this four-part series we've been doing on family and parenting called Kitchen Table Kingdom. I am your host, Jen Lowen. I am Jeff's older sister. So this is part four of part four on a series that we've been doing called Kitchen Table Kingdom. Um, If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Boy, are we glad to have you. Um, But if this is your first episode, maybe somebody was like, oh, you got to watch it live. Please go back and watch the other episodes. I just, I'm a little biased, but I think that it has been so refreshing. It's been a great teaching. So please take that time and go back and watch those episodes. Um, we are just absolutely believing to do amazing things in families through this teaching. Um, Harmony has done a fantastic job. So um, I, with that said, I'm going to bring on our guest. She is a prophetic teacher. She's a revivalist. She's a children's minister. She wrote up two books, uh, Hear Their Voices, as well as the forthcoming book that's called Kitchen Table Kingdom, which is what this series is about. So please join me in welcoming Harmony Klingenmeyer. Hello. Hi. Hi, Elijah Fire friends. Hello, Hi, Jen. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. So glad to have you. And I, I asked for your permission to do this. So I'm going to just do a little PSA here, you guys. I bought my own version, my own book, Kitchen Table Kingdom. And I got this work. Oh, are you going to take a picture? Take a picture. <laughs> I'll go like, see if I can. Yeah, put your face in there. <laughs> Perfect. So you guys, I got this. I ordered this this week with my own monies and I got the workbook version. And I just want to say, I, I, I got it today in the mail and I was looking through this and I just want to encourage everybody. First of all, this is the workbook one. So I know you can distinguish right on your website. You can do the workbook one or you could do like the regular book. Um, I chose to do the workbook because I know myself well enough to know that when I'm learning something new, I like to take copious notes. But you guys, Harmony has been so thorough in in this. Like her journal prompts in here, she's given you lots of space for journal prompts. This is specifically with the workbook version. But the thing I love is if you if you have no grid, like if, if this is brand new for you and you really are just like, I I want to start a new way of parenting. I want to learn how to do this. She's going to break it down for you. Just the first two chapters alone, she really does that. And like I highlighted this page, she gives you these wonderful things that you can speak over yourself that are scripture based. Um, Because, you know, like we, we talked about in the initial series, it's about reconnecting our hearts to the father. And then from that place, parenting. But the other thing I really wanted to point out that I loved so much is she, she does this little activities graph for you as the parent to determine your priorities. Like this, um, this one right here, oops, how you kind of broke down, like how you had your time with the Lord, how you took care of yourself. You've got self-care on here, relationship with your husband, relationship with your children, and you have goals, things that are priorities to you that you've written down. And then you give us space to do that. So 
ladies and gentlemen, I paid 25 bucks for this. I'm telling you it was well worth it. Well worth it. Um, if you want to invest in yourself, you don't have to spend $25. There are other pricing options on there, but just highly recommend, you know, I'm an avid reader. I, I honestly, I, I, I love to learn and just thumbing through this. I can tell that Harmony loves to teach. And so I just want to encourage you guys to, I know we have the link in the description. It's totally whatever, shameless plug. I don't care. It's, it's great. So anything oh you want to. Oh my goodness, Jen, thank you so much. You're blowing yeah, you're my welcome. mind right now. Yeah. Um, I do, I do love to teach and I love to use um, like teaching strategies and teaching tools um, that help you really get the information inside. So like graphs and um, whether it's, you know, speaking the, the confessions out loud, which mm -hmm. is auditory uh, type of learning or whether or not you're filling out the graph, that's the kinesthetic and the visual learning. There's just so many good tools in the book that will empower you based on your learning style. Each one mm -hmm. of us learns differently. And a mm -hmm. good teacher knows that if you want your, your students to learn, you have to teach in a way that activates their specific learning style. Mm -hmm. So I really uh, put a lot of time, energy, and resources into incorporating different types of learning styles in the book so that we could apply this and it could produce fruit as quickly as possible. I love it. And, you know, a lot of times we're waiting, waiting, waiting on a harvest. And I believe we're in a season of huge acceleration in the spirit realm. I believe we're in the season where it's not just producing fruit at a specific time of the year, but the God is capable of causing multiplication in our harvests. And so the time and energy that we spend right now to build our, our parenting tool belt, to fill it with the right tools and then to utilize them on a, a daily basis. Mm -hmm. That that time, Papa God is so proud and pleased of his with his kids. And he's saying, I'm going to multiply the fruit of your labor. I'm going to cause you, you put your hand to this thing and I'm going to cause it to uh, flourish. So mm -hmm. that is the, the way I built the book. I really wanted to help people be able to internalize the information. So that's great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, one of the things we had also discussed was um, today we are going to try to field some questions, correct? Yes. Yes. Excellent. All right. So with that said, I know we're going to be talking. Oh, the other thing, too, I just want to preface. We're going to be talking about um, the prophetic. Yeah. How yeah. we how we use the prophetic with our parenting. So if you want to yeah. just launch right ahead and. Yes. Raising so, up prophetic leaders. Yes, exactly. God is asking the body of Christ and the parents in specific fathers and mothers to kind of step past just raising good citizens in this hour. We actually need a new breed of sons and daughters who are fully equipped in this hour to hear from heaven and to declare a thing in the earth. We need children. We don't even have time really to wait until they are adults to fully empower and activate them 
in their spiritual giftings. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, isn't it true that some people are prophetic and other people aren't prophetic? Or isn't it true that there's there's the gift of prophecy and then there's the prophets? Yes, that's very true. There's a you know a difference between the office of the prophet and, and the gift of prophecy. But what we're talking about here is it comes back to our sonship, okay? So the idea that only certain people, certain special people in the body of Christ are able to hear God's voice, that belief is rooted in the orphan spirit. If you think about the way that a family is called to operate, no father would say to one child, I really like you today. I think you're amazing and you get to hear my voice today. This other child over here, they're not doing so well. They're kind of a mess. Uh, they Maybe they're not as mature as this other one. So I'm not even going to speak to them today. Can you imagine, and some of us can actually, yeah. imagine a father who neglects his child so much that they've forgotten what it feels like to have, to hear a father say, I love you, or to hear a father say, you're beautiful or you you're strong. It, we actually have, you know, many of us have actually walked through a relationship with a father like that. And because of our relationship with our natural fathers, we tend to paint God in that same light. We put the mask of our natural fathers onto the face of God. So today, Abba is here and he's ripping that mask off. And he's saying the inheritance of a child includes my con- the constant presence of my voice. Mm. Just having conversation with me is prophetic. Mm. I have incredible things to say to you every moment of every day. Whether it's just, I love you. Oh, I, I just love the choices you're making today. I love how you're listening to me and interacting with me. And I love how you worship me and how you present your needs to me. And you come to me and you talk to me. And it doesn't necessarily have to be life-shaking, life-altering. But you know what? Just a father, a, a papa saying over us, good job. I love you. I love how you went about your day today. I love how you honored me in the little ways today. I love how you were kind to your, your children or your spouse, or if we're talking about child, I love how you were kind to someone who was being unkind to you. You chose kindness. Those are the types of things that fathers and mothers say to their children, right? Right. Yeah. And these are the types of things that Papa God says to us all the time. He's just talking and affirming and blessing. Zephaniah 3, 17 says he is continually singing over us. And that's the truth. He is. And and so when I speak about prophetic sons and daughters, what I'm really saying is we are as parents are called to raise a generation of children who know the sound of God's voice. Their ears are tuned to his voice. Listening to him is their norm. Mm. That's just normal. God tell, told me this, or God said this to me, or I felt this, or I saw this. And, you know, people who are used to hearing God's voice speak a certain way about it. For example, I'll give you an example. I 
know many people, God speaks to them through numbers. So they'll see mm-hmm. a number on, a, on yeah. a license plate or they'll see a number on a, on a, um, a clock. They'll yeah. see that microwave clock. Yeah. So they'll be like, oh, every time I see that number, that's Papa God telling me that he's with me. Every time I see that number, that's Papa God telling me he loves me. His yeah. presence is with me. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Right. There's so well, many. Cause I'm one of those, I'm actually one of those people. And usually that number corresponds to a specific verse that is because I'll, I'll like go up for a long time. I was seeing two, 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 like mm. all the time. And then it was mm. 11, 11. And I started to look up and then I, and then I was also, um, I'll, I'll share another instance. I was seeing one, two, three, four a lot. Yeah. And Matthew 12, 34 says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what was interesting is in that time frame, the Lord was really working with me on just like heart stuff. Yeah. So I just, it, it corresponded to the season. Yeah. Yes. yes, because everything's prophetic. That's the truth. You yeah. know that song from the Lego movie, Everything is Awesome. Yes. When I sing it, I sing, Everything's Prophetic. That's, that <laughs> That's and cute. And my kids, my kids, because they're planted and rooted in this environment where everything is prophetic, they see it all the time now. Like mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with somebody at my kitchen table, we were talking about vision about having vision for our lives, about knowing the will of God and walking in the will of God in confidence. And all of a sudden, my son says, Mom, there's an eagle. An eagle just swooped down outside by the river. And and wow. we all like stopped and turned, and you could hear the eagle chittering. Oh, that's you know, neat. They, they, the, the hawks scream, but the eagles chitter. They talk to each other. It's so wonderful to hear them speak. When you hear an eagle, they're like, oh, Right. They just mm-hmm. they just chitter their little voices. Mm-hmm. And it's the sweetest. They're this amazing, elegant, powerful bird of of prey. Right. They're yeah. a predator. And yet when they speak, they have this sweet little voice, which is, mm-hmm. is so much like God. Anyway, my son says, Mom, it's prophetic. It's prophetic. Mm-hmm. You're talking about vision it's, and, and eagles. Eagles are all about vision. And I was mm-hmm. like. Who are you, you crazy child? Like, who did I raise? <laughs> like, yeah. this is the environment that my children are planted in. So they see it. So the, during the same time, like we, we were at the table, these things happen at the kitchen table. So mm-hmm. often in my home, we're at the kitchen table and um, we're having a family conversation about the will of God, the call of God, and so forth. And uh, a big RV drives by my house. And Maxie says, Mom, that RV is prophetic because I know one day that God is going to provide us with an RV. You've been oh. prophesying it, mom. And that is confirmation that God is going to provide us with an RV so we can travel across the United States and preach the word. I was like, amen. Yeah. Out of the mouths <laughs> of babes. Exactly. Like they just, this is the thing about children. They believe what we tell them and show them about Abba. Yes. The restrictions that we put on the nature and character of Abba are the restrictions our children will believe exist, even Mm -hmm. if they don't. It's like we're on the topic of eagles. So it's like if an eagle grows up with turkeys, right? Yeah. (laughs) If you put an eagle baby with turkeys or you'll see it sometimes like, um, what was it? I think it was a tiger mama. She mm-hmm. lost all the babies, so they gave her piglets. And she is a predator. 
and raise these piglets like they were her own. It happens. We take on the environment that we were birthed into. And, wow. and we begin to reflect back what, what our parents believe about Abba. So I tell my children, for example, um, every single believer is, receives this incredible new language because when you become a believer in Jesus, you receive new citizenship in heaven. And mm -hmm. in heaven, the national language is not English or German or Chinese or Swahili. The national language is the language of the spirit. And because God loves uniqueness, instead of giving us all the exact same language, he gives each one of us an individual language that's so special and just for us. Yep. I mean, kids just eat this stuff up. They're like, oh, I don't even have to share. It's my own special language that daddy God gave me. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and then you just teach them. Well, of course, you know, it's just like any other language. First, you learn to speak it. Then you learn to read it. Then you learn to write it. That's how yeah. we learn language. Yeah. So the children learn to speak in tongues. They learn the Holy Spirit. They're filled with the Holy Spirit out of their mouths. Just starts this. When I say learn, I don't mean that I'm teaching them to speak in tongues. I just want to clarify that for any. We don't want to get any twist in the doctrine, but. Sure. When they get, experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit, sometimes they'll just have a couple little words. And yeah. as we sit at the table and they practice praying in tongues and they're praying in tongues, their language begins to grow just like a baby mm -hmm. who says mama and dada. And then their language begins to grow and they yeah. have more to say. Right. And then they learn yeah. to what do they do? They learn to read. First, they learn to read. Then they learn to write. That's the way it works. And so in tongues, it's the same thing. I taught my sons that the whole purpose of tongues is edification, personal edification and corporate edification. Because mm -hmm. that's what Corinthians 14 teach, teaches us. Mm -hmm. So once we have learned to speak it, we will learn to interpret it. But the yeah. reason my children believe these things, they interpret their tongue, right? They, they interpret each other's tongues. We'll sit at the table We'll share, one person will pray in the spirit and the, the whole family will share what they're hearing from the Lord. Mm -hmm. We will discern as a family what is aligning with the scripture and the word of God and, the, and what God is speaking over the family at this moment. I mean, it's incredible when you see your children operating this. And it's yeah. because I taught them that God it still speaks. Yeah. And in my book, Kitchen Table Kingdom, I spent a ton of time laying a foundation of biblical doctrine that God still speaks over 700 times in the Bible. It says the Lord said just yeah. that the Lord said mm -hmm. proves to you if you if we believe and this is where you know, this is the nitty gritty. If we actually believe that the Bible is a record of who God is, mm -hmm. a revelation of how he has chosen to reveal himself, this is who I am. This is what I am about. He's definitely about talking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He did it in the first chapter. And if I can just kind of tag on, because this is actually yeah. something I've been teaching my girls about how do you hear the voice of God? Mm -hmm. And I think the exact question one of my daughters asked me was, what does God's voice sound like? Yes. And I said, well, the was how, what does this, his voice sound like and how do you hear his voice? And so 
one of the things that I pointed out is when we read scripture, the whole of scripture, you really start to see various different encounters where God revealed himself and these symbols begin to become very apparent. Yes. And the reason why that's important is because I said to my girls, think about if we were in a crowded space and I, there were a ton of people who were talking all at the same time and mm -hmm. I'll, I couldn't be loud enough to speak over the other people who were talking in the same room. So you would have to hearken to the sound of my voice. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. That would be the only thing that would be different is literally knowing, oh, that's my mom's tone of voice mm -hmm. that I'm hearing because mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to speak above the crowd. Yeah. So it's the same thing with us. We can learn to discern God's voice. Yes. We can learn to discern for ourselves. And then we yeah. teach it to our kids and it's yeah. in little ways. It's in subtle ways. We use the term in my family called a God wink. Yeah. And so when we know something, like if we prayed for something and something was immediately answered, maybe in a cute, funny way, we call that a God wink. Mm. And it's, and it's yeah. kind of us pointing out like God was responding to you. God was answering you yeah. and just helping yeah. them have that awareness. And we also place a very high value on dreams as well mm -hmm. and dream interpretation because yes. that is a, another way God develops his language with you mm -hmm. through the symbols in your dreams. Yes, totally so. agree. And we we can, you know, talk more about that. But the first and foremost, you know, that the, the basis for knowing what God sounds like is his word. Yeah. So and the word is like a filter we put over our brain. It's like uh, uh, when you're, you know, when you when you boil noodles, for example, and you pour the noodles into the, the colander and the water goes through, but the noodles stay in the bowl. Right. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit is like a, a screen and it's a it's it's a sword. OK, like the scripture teaches in Ephesians six and also in uh, Hebrews four, that the word of the Lord is a sword. It's the sword of the spirit, and it is a two-edged sword, according to mm -hmm. Hebrews, that separates between soul and spirit and bone and marrow. And it lays bare the intentions and thoughts and motives of people's hearts. Yeah. So the way we, we and first and foremost, the way we test every single voice that comes to us is by knowing the scripture. And mm -hmm. like you're saying, it's not about once, like you pull out one specific verse, although sometimes God does speak through one specific mm -hmm. verse, but it's as you consume the word, mm -hmm. as you eat the scripture and you're exposed to the stories and the legacy of God, a picture arises from the whole thing of who he is. Yes. And mm -hmm. that is, it becomes like a paradigm. It's like, we talk about, you know, like with culture, sometimes there's these, we don't even recognize that there's like a filter laid over the top of our thinking mm -hmm. that comes mm -hmm. from our culture. And when you yeah. go to other places in the world, it's clear that they do not have that same filter. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they think about things differently than we do. The truth is that the spirit, the spirit of God constructs a filter mm -hmm. for us that we begin to test the voices against. Mm -hmm. And we do this by cultivating an environment in our home that is rich with the scripture. So 
first of all, my children know that I've said it before, before my feet touch the ground each morning, like I'm in the word. They know that if they come and knock on my door at a certain time in the morning, I'm going to answer because daddy God never, um, does not, he always responds to us, right? He never says, I'm too busy for you. Mm-hmm. So I say, I'm, what is it? Can I help you? I'm reading the scripture, right? They know what I'm doing. And then I spend time with them in the word. They and I reading the stories of God, the legacy of his life. That's what the Bible is. It's like an autobiography mm-hmm. of God's of God's personhood interacting with humanity. Yeah. And, and I always say in the scripture, there's always two stories running parallel. It's God's story and man's story, how God interacted with man's story. That's why we don't create doctrine out of every story. Why? Because it's a record of the behavior of man. And how God was interacting with them. And Mm -hmm. there's truth that we can glean from every single story about who God is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just because they did certain things in the Old Testament doesn't mean that's what we need to do today. Right. That's just how he was interacting with them at the time. Mm -hmm. And from consuming, really, it's about eating the word Every day, like I have to have water every day, you know, I have to have something to eat, you know, like unless you're fasting, obviously, I need to have something to eat every day. Why? Because we're actually built to consume the bread of life. We're we're meant to consume Jesus himself, who is the word of God that became flesh. So mm-hmm. that's the environment. Last week, we talked all about creating environments where children can flourish. If you want your kids to recognize what God sounds like, they need to be in the scripture with you. Mm -hmm. And then you can begin to teach them, begin to glean from the word together. What is Abba really saying through this story, right? And how does this align with what we know to to be a good sound doctrine, for example, that he is triune, right? We Mm -hmm. know that God is triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We know, for example, and we we come to the scripture as a family. We come to the scripture believing in the full gospel, which means mm-hmm. we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, other people come to the gospel to the to the scripture with a cessationist point yeah. of view, mm-hmm. with a filter over their brains that says that God does not speak anymore that he does not perform miracles anymore. It's more of a deist interaction that he is God, but he's removed and he's done, you know, done talking, done splitting the Red Sea, done healing the sick, done raising the dead. That's cessationism. And when they come to the Bible, that's how they interpret it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But what I'm teaching my children, and this is this is the, the weight of parenting, this is why the job we do is so important. Yeah. Because they're going to have our filters. Yeah. And as often as possible, I will even say to my sons, you know what? This is this is from my studies, studying the original language, my experiences in the presence of the Lord, third heaven encounters with, with Abba. This is what I believe. And I also believe that Abba can reveal things to you that I don't even know about. Uh, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't see it because you're a treasure and God speaks to you individually. Again, what am I teaching them? That God speaks. 
Yeah. And we find this, and this is, you know, to help people understand and to feel really confident in their doctrine on this, the, how God speaks. All you need to do is go and read John 14, 15, and 16 and learn who the spirit of truth is that Jesus promised to send to his people. So in, in chapter six, which is where we're at in the book right now, I just go through John 14, 15, and 16. And I talk about how Jesus himself describes the Holy Spirit. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither mm-hmm. nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. All this I have spoken while I was while with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So some important words in here for describing the Holy Spirit. First of all, he's an advocate. What does an advocate do? An advocate speaks on behalf of someone else. Yeah. Okay. So the very first thing we know is that he speaks. Boom. And who is he? He's the spirit of truth. Well, how do we know the truth? Because God himself is truth and God has spoken the truth. And that's how we know. Yeah. Everything that's written down in the Bible was first spoken. Then he says in John 15, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the father, he will testify about me. Well, testimony is given out loud. Mm -hmm. So this is the God who speaks. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he's the one who's going to say it to you. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I have, I have rested into, he will guide you into all truth so many times. Yes. Because I mean, let's face it. There are a lot of things in our culture and even in the Christian culture that we have to sift through, through the word of God, with our prayer time, with the Lord. And I, I will tell you know, the audience, you guys just resting in the promise that the Holy spirit will guide you into all truth is, is enough to really sustain you and to go, okay, I'm going to go in this direction, trusting he's going to guide me into all truth. So if I'm going the wrong way, I, I am hearkening to hear his voice. I'm trying, I'm praying. I'm not an outright rebellion. My heart isn't hard toward him. I can trust him to steer that moving vehicle in the proper direction if I need to. And it's the same thing with our kids too. Yes. 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 And there's there, you can see how, um, Jen, I, I, I'm watching you overcome the spirit of religion because the spirit of religion says I might get it wrong. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that is, I'm afraid to get it wrong. I'm afraid to get it wrong. Yeah. That is the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion comes and says, you better not tick off your dad. You better not irritate your father. Mm -hmm. That is not the spirit of God. That is not how he operates with us. And I remember in a season in my own life, this is a tiny bit off topic, but it was an encounter I had with my daddy's voice, my natural daddy, the daddy who adopted me. Incredible. I chose to take a job 
I, and the reason I chose it was because the, the job I had, the teaching job I had at the time was very stressful. And I did not feel very appreciated in this teaching mm. job. So I decided that I would move to a different teaching job. Well, I got to that teaching job and it was even harder. Ooh. It was even more painful. And oh, I, had I had children cussing me out. I had teachers. Um, there was a high level of sexism and misogyny in this one specific building I was working in. It was very yes. painful. And I had never experienced misogyny in the workplace before. So I was just struck and, and, and it hurt my heart on a daily basis. And I remember I went to my dad and I said, dad, like my, my, my adopted dad, I said, dad, I made a big mistake. And I asked the Lord to forgive me because I should never have left that job. I left for the wrong reasons. And he said, harmony. Why are you so worried about getting it wrong? Wow. Aren't you learning good things where you're at? Are you learning things where you're at? Are you growing as a teacher? Are you learning? Yeah, it's hard. So maybe it wasn't the the, the, the best choice or maybe it wasn't the, uh, the easiest choice. You didn't know that at the time, right? But why do you think God is, is punishing you for making the wrong decision? And I was just, I was just listening to his heart. He's like, you know, God is with you in whatever decision you make. And he's going to produce the character of Christ within you, hmm. no matter what decision that you make. He's with you. And you, like you said, you're not an open rebellion. You love right. the Lord. You're serving the Lord. And, and this decision led you to a very hard place. Mm -hmm. And God's in it. Yeah. He's in it. But my, my first reaction was, it was based on my ideas of who Papa was, right? Mm -hmm, my ideas mm -hmm. of who Papa were, was that he was a punishing, angry God. Mm. And that my father was the one who came and said, no, that is not how God interacts with his children. So it's so mm. important that we give this same way of interacting with Papa to our children. We can teach him. That he is so approachable. And that's actually one of the things I want to talk about. But we're not quite there yet. I want to talk a little bit now about, now that we've laid that foundation of scripture, right? Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about how do you create prophetic activations and encounters in your home? How yeah, do you actually good. lead your children to hear God for themselves? And the most important thing is that your children must hear God's voice in your own mouth. Mm. So when, when my little boy, Max, he first came to live with us, he used to say, say things about him like, I'm trash. He would say mm. this about himself. I'm trash. I should just be thrown in the trash can. I'm no good. I'm a problem. I hate myself, he would say. He would, mm -hmm. and then he would, he would talk about other people in that same way. I hate my dad. I, he would never say his name out loud because mm -hmm. that was the one who perpetrated against him, you know? And he would just speak these, these terrible things over himself. I'm worthless. I'm nothing. I'm garbage. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that he, he really needed was he needed a mommy and a daddy who would speak life over him. Yeah who would begin yeah. to declare truth over him because how is he ever going to learn that actually that's not what daddy God is saying about him. 
right? Right now, he believes it's he believed it at the time so ingrained upon yeah. his heart. Yeah. These lies have been etched upon his heart. He needed someone to come and write something new, erase the chalkboard, erase the yeah. board of his heart, yeah. and write new things upon it so that he mm-hmm. could start internalizing. And then he might begin to think, oh, maybe God isn't like my biological dad. Maybe he's like my new dad and mom. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not trash. Maybe when they say nothing you say or do will ever change how much I love you. Maybe that's what God is saying too. And so every, and this is, this is Scott. This is what Scott does. And I encourage every single father, every single night, when your child is ready for bed, as part of your bedtime routine and ritual, I encourage you to go in, to lay your hand on your child's head and say to them, repeat after me, you are good, you are kind, you are a member of this family, you are loved, you are strong, and have them repeat these things back to you. I am good, I am kind. I am a member of this family. You know, like Scott always says, because we have sons, you're my boy, you're my fishing buddy. Mom and dad love you. Mom and dad love me. Mom and dad choose you. Mom and dad choose me. Mm -hmm. Getting these new truths. What are they learning to recognize? The voice of God in our own mouths. And I, I know families, biological families who have even shared this with me, like my child came to me and said, something just broke my heart. They said, you don't, I don't think you like me or you don't love me or I don't like myself or I'm ugly. These are the things that parents tell me, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not because necessarily because their parents are saying you're ugly or you're worthless or, or you're a problem or any of those things. It's because of what the parents are not saying. Hmm. This is what I need you to understand. An absence of blessing is an open door invitation for curses. The enemy looks for the open door of a silent parent Hmm. and will walk through that open door over and over and over again. But God's voice in your mouth will become the gatekeeper of their hearts. Hmm. You'll begin to be the one with the sword at their door saying no. No, you don't get to come in. You lying devil. You don't get to come in. You don't get to tell my children they're worthless. You don't get to tell my children they're not loved. You don't get to tell my daughters that they're ugly. You don't get to tell them they're not good enough. No. And it won't be because you're, well, it may be because you actually stand there in the spirit, maybe in prayer, in your closet. You begin to Mm -hmm. declare over your children. Yes, you can definitely do that. But 
there's an intrinsic voice. I like to call it the mom on my shoulder, right? We all have one. <laughs> They're not always positive. Yeah. Sometimes they can be very critical. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they can be very critical. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. But I have a mom on my shoulder who says things like, my mom has said a lot of incredible things to me. Mm. She's not perfect, right? No mama is perfect. And the negative words had an impact on me too. That's not what I carry with me every day. I right. carry the, this voice on my shoulder that's constantly reminding me of truth. Great peace that they that love thy law, nothing shall offend them. Choose not to be offended. Mm. That's my mother says it all the time. She's constantly on my shoulder. Choose not to be offended. Is that worth, is that worth being upset about? Right? Mm. Like, not to be offended. That's my mom. She's sitting that's on my shoulder. She's saying things to me like, you have to know a good idea when you hear one, no matter what the source so huh. comes to you and speaks truth to you. You better be listening. Right? Like these are the things that I carry with me. Of course. Right. He right. said some things to me as a child that I did not like that. I, that I, for example, we've, she and I have even talked about this. She used to call me histrionic <laughs> and I swore that I would never call my children that word. And I have managed not to thank goodness. But the truth is, she spoke life over me. She is the one who put the book in my hand, A Wrinkle in Time. And she said, read this book. The little girl in this book, she's a namer. It's a prophetic gift. And that's a call of God on your life, Harmony. You're hmm. called to name people. You're called to tell people who they really are. That was my mom. And those words will never leave me. And the same with my dad. I just shared the story of how my dad redirected me. Whenever yeah. I feel lost, whenever I feel like, oh, the world is caving in, you know who I'm calling? Yeah. Dad. Yeah. So we want to build this now because it right. will impact the way our children view the father in heaven. And now when you talk to my kids, I mean, you can ask Max. I mean, anybody can talk to Max. Like he knows who he is. Like, I'm a son. I belong. I'm a member of this family. I have value. I'm really mm -hmm. smart. I'm an excellent reader. I have a call of God on my life. I'm going to do great things in the kingdom. My story has purpose. Even the hard parts, God is going to use for his glory, my good and his glory, and for the salvation of many, many lives. Like, they know who they are. Why? Because they heard the voice of God in my mouth and in Scott's mouth. And hmm. I share this with you guys. I want to say this to you. There's no shame. And there's always room for repentance. Yeah. We've talked about this, Scott and I, on a regular basis. If we slip up, we're owning it right away. That is not what God says. I need, your, I need to ask your forgiveness. I was angry. I spoke out of turn. I spoke when I was irritated. You are not a bother. Come tell me what you were saying. Come. I'm going to take a minute with you. Look me in my eyes. I love you like my auntie used to do with me. My aunt Tani, my mom's sister, she used to say, look me in my eyes. I love you. Mm. Make me make eye contact with her. It's so powerful. So it is very powerful. powerful. That eye contact 
that eye contact and like looking, looking at your child. Yeah. So you're the voice of God that they will hear first. And if that is the, the thing that I really get through to us today, friends, I need you all to understand. They will only know the God that you show them. Mm-hmm. And so the more you are intentional to speak life over your children, the greater impact and the, the more they'll carry a, a more accurate picture of who Papa God is yeah. in their hearts because they saw him first in you. And then mm-hmm. The second thing, any, any thoughts or, or um, questions or comments about that? Well, I, I know I, I can almost hear the, there's, there obviously is a, a weight to what you're saying, you know, and I think there should be a weight that we, the Bible says the power of life and death is in our tongues, right? Yes. And um, I, I know it has another part and those who love it, will eat, fruit there it. we go. Love it. will eat the fruit of it. Thank you. And, um, I, I think that this is, it's, it's sobering, but it's really, and weighty and it's important. And so, um, one of the things that I've learned and, and in my parenting experience, and even just my journey with the Lord is just because it's weighty and uncomfortable, doesn't mean we should turn away from it or try to get away from those, those feelings. So press into those, allow God to, to guide you, to lead you. It starts today, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and you can make better choices starting today. You can, and yeah. and the other thing I was thinking is, um, we do we are given the image of God that our parents give us, and I want to also, you know, maybe extend some some grace to yeah. just of like there, God is a God of restoration and redemption yeah. in the midst of the now and even in the later. So, yes, yeah. So I just wanted to. That's so good, sis, because. The truth is, like, my parents, you know, they grew in their maturity. They developed in their parenting. And the parenting that my my siblings, my younger siblings received looked very different than the parenting that I received. Mm-hmm. And the needs of my younger siblings was very different than my needs because I came out of a divorce. I came out of a broken home. And then God raised up an amazing new daddy for me, but I was already wounded. Right. And... My parents, they were very loving, very present, uh, showed up to all my events. You know, like I, I know my mom will listen to this. Like I honor them. I honor my father and my mother. But they will tell you that they were not perfect parents. Right, and right. I learned as much from their not perfect examples as I did from their good examples. And that's right. really important. <clears throat> Our children are going to learn how to repent by watching us. If we didn't ever have to repent, it really leaves our kids feeling like they're the ones with the problems and we don't have it. (laughs) If they never see us repent, especially if we carry that kind of attitude like, Right. And they're like, we kind of know better than that because we're around you all the time. It it causes, it causes cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Because your children are intelligent enough to look at your life and know that you are not perfect, right? And <laughs> yeah. so when you're like, don't question me, yeah, I'm unquestionable. I mean, first of all, what does that teach them about God? That he's not approachable. That he, that he doesn't want to hear when they're not happy. 
Yeah. Right. Like if, if our kids can't say, mom, I didn't like it when you said that, or dad, I didn't like it when you did that. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that they, they still need to do it respectfully. There still needs to be honor and respect in the way that the parents, uh, the, t- the children speak to their parents. Absolutely. And a lot of times our children misunderstand us in their mm-hmm. immaturity. And that yeah. might be a moment to be like, actually, you are not in the right right now. And let me yes. see why. Right. But at the same time, yeah. if you create an environment where dialogue is allowed. Yeah. I mean, to be to be honest, like that wasn't that wasn't a big part of my childhood. I did not have I was a talker and I needed to talk and I was always in trouble because everything I said sounded disrespectful. Oh, and, boy, I can right? relate to this. <laughs> and I didn't mean to be. There were many times I was disrespectful. OK, yes. Just be clear mm. on that. But there was a lot of times when I didn't understand and my sense of injustice was yep. going off. Yep. Right? Yeah. And How I dare you? Right. And yeah. I had cognitive dissonance. I was like, yeah. actually, this isn't me. This is on you. And I know it. I, I know it, especially as a young, t- like a tween and a teen. And I began to see like, okay, no, no, that I'm not in the wrong here. But I didn't know how to present it in an honoring and respecting way. So if we teach this dialogue, if we teach how to speak to one another, if we teach our kids to advocate, like sometimes my sons will come to me and say, uh, you know, but, but I'm a little bit more approachable than my hubby. So they'll mm-hmm. say, hey, dad said this or that. And I'm like, he probably didn't mean what you thought. Why don't you go and share it with them? Well, will you come with, will you go with me? Can we do it together? Yeah, absolutely. I'll be like, hey, Scott, your son has something he wants to tell you. And and it's usually Brendan. So Brendan's like a real big advocate. He always wants to talk through the way he feels. And so I'll be like, just listen to your son for a second here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Scott's like, okay. Okay, thanks for sharing that with me. And like, I, Scott's not, first of all, Scott's probably not going to give a like an immediate response. Right. Think about it. But if he's in the wrong, he'll be like, yeah, I was irritated or yeah, mm-hmm. I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. This was the reason I was frustrated. So let's yeah. get down to it. Right. Yeah. So yes. then they have this dialogue where Brendan, too, has to own his stuff. And that is powerful because then when the children leave the home, they are advocates. OK, yeah. they know how to use their voice. They know how to say, no, I don't like that or I don't agree with that. Yeah. And uh, you can even say respectfully to a teacher, to a to a to a pastor, to to a teacher, whatever, mm-hmm. a leader. You can say respectfully, that isn't what I believe about God, or that is not what I believe about family, or that is not right. about what I believe about whatever. Yeah. And if you've allowed your child to do that in the home, they might not be as compliant as some people would like them to be. Sure. But they will have a voice which is reflection, a reflection of the nature and character of God. Mm-hmm. God himself has a voice and mm-hmm. uses it all the time. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend that you cultivate an environment in your home where, first of all, your children are surrounded by scripture, mm-hmm. where daily they're mm-hmm. in the word. They're listening to the word, maybe, you know, you know, maybe not every single day. You don't have time to sit down and do a full devotional every day, but there's the scriptures playing mm-hmm. on your iPod or your iPad, yeah. whatever, your iPhone, in the car, 
on the way to church, whatever, on the yeah. way to school. We're listening to the scripture. We're talking about the word. We're meditating on the word. The Old Testament, I can't remember exactly where it is. I think it's in Malachi, but it says they spoke about the Lord. And a record was written in heaven of the words they spoke. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, I need to find that's that. That's neat. Maybe yeah. Jeff can look it up for me. But yeah. they literally, like, it's it's in the Minor Prophets. It says that the people of God, my people were speaking about me and I was writing down all the awesome things they were saying. Mm. That's the kind of environment we want to create for our children. Secondly, our children need to hear God in our mouths. And when we misspeak, when we misrepresent God, it's just an opportunity to demonstrate humility and repentance before our kids and to teach them to do the same. Yeah. They can own it when they make mistakes because it's not the end of relationship. Yeah. It's not the end of the world unless we make it the end of the world. That's what I always yeah. say. So yeah. when you misstep, you just run back into the presence of the living God. And this is the and we're about to run out of time, but this is the a very important part of raising prophetic children teach them to run to god Mm -hmm. teach them that you are a safe place to go when they are broken when they make mistakes the first place they should want to come is into your arms Mm -hmm. not just when they do awesome things okay like that cannot be the only time We validate our children. Mm. We need to validate them when they're making a mess of it. Yeah. Because that's what the Lord does. The scripture says, Psalm says, that he makes his dwelling with the broken and contrite spirit. Yeah. He's drawing closer, actually, instead of doing this. This is what we think he's doing. Like, ew, I don't want to be around that. Right messy for me right that's not what god does he's like come closer yeah be with me yeah rest in my love let me restore your heart so when our children are broken we need to teach them that we are a safe place to come (laughs) and when we haven't been safe it's okay we can own it yeah yeah. When we have a, even an emotional reaction, you know, I remember I have this one memory and I won't share the details, but I just remember someone came and told me something. I was a teenager. This person was very tre- treasured to me. Something had happened to this person and it was the middle of the night. It's not my story, so I won't tell it, but I'll just tell sure. you the impact it had on me. This person was very close to me and I was a teenager and I found out that this person had been assaulted. And now they're sitting in my living room. And I remember I sobbed. I sobbed. And I literally took this person and I held this person, held this person, held this person. And I wept over this person. And I was just a teenager. I didn't know how to process what I was feeling. I didn't know how to process the feelings of injustice and anger and and frustration. And that I couldn't have protected this person that I loved from what had happened to this person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when people behave in certain ways, it causes a reaction in us. 
Right. We can even teach our kids. We can say, mommy is sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mommy is broken hearted right now Mm -hmm. because of the choice you made or because, ouch, oh, you just said something. It really hurt my heart. I just mean, this is the emotion that I'm feeling at this moment. Mm -hmm. It's okay to share those things. Why? Because they're already feeling all those things. Mm -hmm. And they need to know that they're allowed to feel them. Yeah. And that when they are big, hot mess, they're like angry or crying or they don't have their emotions under control. Yeah. Be rejected by God who loves them. Yeah. Jeff is saying he thinks it's Malachi 316. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. I knew it was Malachi. Yeah. (laughs) Those minor prophets, they've got some, they've got good stuff packed into those um, tiny little books. It's like Zechariah and Ezra, man. Yeah. Um, So we have just about... 10-ish minutes left. Yes. Do you want to try to field some questions? Yes. So what would you like to do while we wait for... So I, I'd love to just talk a little bit about um, prophetic encounters, just for a minute as we're waiting okay. for questions. Okay, friends? Okay. In my home, because we've cultivated this environment, right? Mm-hmm. We cultivate an environment where there's the word, there's worship, there's prayer, there's, a, you know, an intimacy with God. Even when we're a mess, we can run to God. My kids are hearing, thank God for the grace to speak life over my children. I'm not saying that I do this in my own strength, and sometimes I fail, okay? <laughs> but because of this environment, my children's hearts, it's like I've been digging the ground. And now I am ready. We've set the stage for the children to hear God speak for themselves. And a lot of times, the first time your child hears God speak, it it, it won't be because you manufactured it or you call you like a uh, what's the word you you didn't make it make it happen. You weren't sitting at the table having a time in the Word or whatever. It'll be you're driving down the road and your child will be like, "I had a dream." Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay. What was in it? Well, this I saw this. I saw I saw God, or I saw an angel, or I saw mm-hmm. this. This is what God, or I was sad, or I felt alone. Oh, God was talking to you, mm-hmm. and immediately they begin to recognize that they're able to hear God. So this is this is very important principle. We must, just as our children begin to recognize God in our mouths, we must recognize God's voice in our children's mouths. When they say something that aligns with the word of the living God, we must immediately acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. That is truth. Wow. Mom, mom, I just feel so proud of myself. I got this, got an A on the test, or I did this thing, I accomplished, I made this art piece. And I really feel like I'm valuable. I did something amazing. Isn't this amazing what I did? Yes. Do you know why God formed you in his image and you begin to recognize the truth Mm -hmm. and they'll begin to say it about themselves. And over time, they'll begin to give credit to God. Mm. Right. Oh, it looks like we don't have questions right now. So we can just keep, keep on this, on this topic. So friends, 
Your children aren't always going to know when God is speaking through them. So if you will begin to call it out, ooh, that was prophetic what you just said. Mm, ooh, that, that circumcises my heart. <laughs> I, I got it and I felt that one, right? Like yeah. your children speak hard truths sometimes and they're like, whoa. Yeah. Wisdom, right? Immediately call it out. Say what it is. That's wisdom from the Lord. That's prophetic. You're hearing God speak. Well, I just thought it was my own thoughts. Well, how do you think God speaks primarily? Right. He uses our brains. Yeah. He uses our imaginations. He'll show us things. He'll show us numbers. He'll show us, like, for me, when I lived in Wisconsin, there's no cardinals in Oregon. But in Wisconsin, we had many, many cardinals. And God would speak to me about the blood of Jesus through the cardinal. And it was so powerful for me personally. Well, those same things are true of my children. When we see wild animals, it's like a family, part of our family culture. We love wild animals because Scott loves the outdoors. I'll mm. be like, it's, God, it's like a kiss from God. We saw a black bear on the side Ooh. of the live. It was sitting there on its haunches looking right at us. I was like, <laughs> son, like, look, boys, look. I mean, like, when would that ever happen? At yes. any other time, right? I mean, black bears are supposed to be pretty elusive here in the Pacific Northwest. So, wow. It was God. So we give credit. Oh, that's God. He's saying that he loves the things that we love. And then our yeah. children begin to recognize that. And they begin to speak it themselves over yeah. their own lives. And then the next step is yeah. that intentional cultivation. We're going to sit down and we're going to do prophetic activation. So actually what I think we should do here at the end is I will just walk us through a prophetic activation that I use in my home with my children. But I okay. want to just reiterate those these principles to you. An environment that is rich with the word, an environment where they hear God speaking out of your mouth, an environment where they can come to you even in their brokenness, and an environment where you recognize God speaking out of their mouths and tell them so. Mm. That's the foundation. Mm. So when I do prophetic activations with my kids, usually I'll just say, close your eyes. So if you're if you're listening to the sound of my voice right now, I just want to encourage you to close your eyes and meditate right now on God's love. I just I actually see um, a warmth I see God coming around us right now. And I just want you to picture it in your mind's eye. Daddy God is standing behind you and he's holding a blanket. And he wraps the softest, warmest, just snuggliest blanket ever around your shoulders right now. So if you, if you can feel that, you can just say, thank you, God, for your warmth. Thank you that your presence is around me like a warm blanket. If you're encountering God right now, you can write it in the, in the chat. You can write it in the comments. If you feel God, just begin to express gratitude. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Abba, that I can feel your presence all around me. Mm-hmm.
Now keep your eyes closed, but in your mind's eye, I want you to picture Daddy God. He's walking around in front of you now. And you've still got his warm blanket wrapped around you. And he puts his hands on your shoulders. And I believe right now some of you are actually feeling weight, the weight of his hands, the weight of his touch on you, on your hands, on your head, on your back, all around you. You're feeling the presence of the living God. Now in your mind's eye, I want you to look into your daddy God's face. What do you see there? Maybe you wanna write it down, just speak it to yourself, speak it to Papa. Say, Papa, I see this in your face. <laughs> so for example, right now for me, I'm looking into Daddy God's eyes and I see joy. Papa God, I see your joy for me. And remember that God is showing you who he is toward you. He's showing you how he feels about you. So this is about you and Daddy God coming face to face in this moment. I believe right now, Daddy God has something so special that he wants to say to you. Just take a minute, look into the eyes of Jesus in your, in your mind's eye, keep your eyes closed and listen because God has something that's just for you. Thank you, Jesus. So with my kids, now I would say, who heard God say something? And I bet some of our friends in the comments, I bet some of you heard God say something. You can give us a, a raise a hand or you can share in the comments. What did you hear Daddy God say? And Jen, did you hear Daddy God say anything? Can you share I didn't hear him. I didn't hear him say anything, but he had a look of pure joy. He had a huge smile on his face and he, with his hands on his shoulders, he began to just sing something over me. I couldn't hear it. I didn't, I couldn't hear the words, but he was with great joy singing something. It sounded very guttural over me. So I did experience that. Wow. Wow. And what I would recommend then is next time you go into God's presence, you just go a little farther in the prophetic activation and encounter. You just step back into that place and get a little bit more. What is Daddy God singing over you, Jen? And this, see how simple it is. Yeah. You can take this and go do this with your kids. You can do it over and over again. And God will start to give you ideas like, oh, uh, we're, let's all pretend we're in a forest. Close your eyes. And picture the trees around you or whatever. God, God will just show you different things that you can do with your children to en engage them. Spirit, soul, and body. An yeah. encounter with his love. I love it. That's awesome. Thank you. Okay, so we have some good news for you guys. Um, we were barely able to scratch the surface on our notes. And so um, 
We are doing a bonus episode for you guys. Um, we had a chat last week and just uncovered there was still more material that we felt that really needed to be covered in this series. So yay, bonus episode. So I will be back. Harmony will be back. We will finish up, officially finish up the series. And just like we spoke at the beginning of the episode, we've got all the links for the book. We've got the links for the class that she'll be teaching in the description. And the bonus episode, Harmony, what is the bonus episode going to be about? So this, it may be, every episode has been important, but it may be our most important episode because we're going to talk about the five horsemen who have arrayed themselves against our children's generation. Okay. And they are gender confusion, sexual assault, pornography, homosexuality, and suicide. We are going to confront these five principalic attacks against our children. And I'm going to teach you how to have hard conversations with your kids. We're going to discuss the law of first mention, how important it is for your kids to hear your voice first talking about these important issues. And even though it's scary and it's hard, you are the one who is anointed to take down these principalities. So we're going to be together. I also want to encourage you guys go on my website because as Jen said, we've only scratched the surface of Kitchen Table Kingdom. There's yeah. so much more to give and I want you to get the book. I'm so excited about forming a community of people who are on fire for their children, whose homes are the center of a prophetic movement. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. All right. Well, Harmony, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for this bonus episode that we're going to be doing. I, I honestly, I cannot stress enough. Like, please tell your friends. I, I, on, I agree with Harmony. I honestly don't think that there could be anything more important than really addressing some of those issues. Of course, laying the groundwork was incredibly important. We, we have a war on our home fronts and we need to take it seriously. We need to look at it like a war and um, a spiritual war. Let me be very specific. Spiritual war, yes. um, spiritual fight. And so anyway, um, so I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for being a part of this Elijah Fire family. We are just so thankful for all of you. We bless you and we will see you on Monday. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.